0: and what it's like to have your whole life turned upside down and the unexpected challenges that come with a life-saving drug. You can listen to Breathless now wherever you get your podcasts.
1: When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring.
2: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss.
0: Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter.
4: The Atlantic Podcast Summit is the first podcast-dedicated festival in the Atlantic provinces to bring together creators, businesses, and fans to celebrate and discuss the future of the industry. Whether you have an established podcast, are just getting started, or are simply a fan, this inaugural event is something you won't want to miss. Engage with other fans, creators, and industry professionals from across North America Attend panels, keynotes, and talks from some of the best in the industry, including an eye-opening masterclass. And to cap it all off, join us for a live recording of yours truly, Sick Boy Podcast, for our biggest live show to date. Atlantic Podcast Summit, May 3rd to 5th in Halifax, Nova Scotia. Tickets available at AtlanticPodcastSummit.com AtlanticPodcastSummit.com That's AtlanticPodcastSummit.com AtlanticPodcastSummit.com If you didn't hear it the first three times, AtlanticPodcastSummit.com dot
0: Hello, my love. Hey, baby. Uh, ready to talk about some sex?
2: You got your line wrong this time. That was my line. No. Sometimes we start. I no. say. You say. I, I say, say. Hello, my love.
0: Oh, I say, hey, babe.
2: Man, we're getting rusty.
0: Well, we're rusty because I've um, seen you, like we haven't. Yeah, we haven't recorded in forever. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I was out of commission for a bit. Um, I was really sick.
2: Pneumonia.
0: With pneumonia. And then, did we record while I was in the hospital?
2: Just a, uh, I think we did one little like, <clears throat> one day we could only release like, an, like a, hi, we're in the hospital. Oh. I think I told you, I was inventing a sex toy.
0: Oh yeah right, yeah, right. Right, right. Yeah, right. And Becca was in the hospital room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I'm out now. And then, but what happened was I was in there and then they let me out and the day they let me out, I was like, fuck this. I'm going straight to Mexico, mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> which physically, uh, not the healthiest idea. Didn't feel good. No, did not feel good. Mentally, the the healthiest uh, choice. Interesting.
2: Yeah. So I, why why because uh, like usually when you're physically under duress, you're mentally under duress.
0: Yeah. Um, well, physically, I was under duress for sure. With the the pneumonia and mm-hmm. all of the IV antibiotics they were pumping into my body, yeah, um, and just being like stagnant in a bed, yeah. like for a week straight, um, and then that takes a toll on on my mental, obviously. But then also, I find that, and I've only noticed this recently, like within the last like couple of years. Whenever I go on antibiotics, um, I get really like I find I get really like depressed i get really sad
2: well and that like makes
0: short and angry
2: complete sense yeah people you got
0: biome all that stuff mm-hmm. so when i got out of the hospital uh they were like well you still we still want you to stay on antibiotics but oral antibiotics for a week and i was like okay but i had already booked a ticket to go to mexico and they let me out on monday and my flight was wednesday morning so I was like, I'm still going to go to Mexico. So I went down with a crew of people that I didn't know.
2: Were you scared at all? <coughs> for your no, No, not at all. Not for your health? You were like, hey, I'm probably pretty vulnerable right now.
0: Not really. I just didn't really think about it.
2: I was worried about you a little bit.
0: Yeah, I didn't really think about it. I, and I knew that the people that I was going down to Mexico with, even though I didn't know them, there was like two people that I kind of knew. My, yeah. Our, our buddy Fraser. Yeah. And uh, my buddy Dan. Yeah. And, and and I kind of know Mikey, yeah. who, was, who was like the sort of the leader of the trip. He kind of put this whole thing together. So and then there was cool. a bunch of people I didn't know. But I knew that they all loved to party, but I also knew that they were all pretty like cool, chill individuals. Right. So I felt like, you know, if I got down there and I felt like I couldn't keep up with the party, then they would all understand mm-hmm. and it would be kind of a supportive group. Yeah. That's and, true. And there was a doctor on 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 the on the crew. What? Yeah, Steve, Steve the doctor from Toronto. <laughs> so uh, so I felt I felt like in good hands. And however, Mexico is um, There's a lot of drugs in Mexico.
2: Yeah, There's
0: a lot of drugs down there.
2: And so do does this crew of partiers? When you say they like to party, they like to party the way that you like to party.
0: I think we all have a lot, a very similar party uh, vibe. Okay. So anyway, it was just a lot of fun down there. We uh, had a lot of fun. Okay. And f- physically, probably not the best for my body.
2: Probably not.
0: But mentally, it felt so good. And now I'm home and I feel, I feel okay. You know?
2: I I'm, was, are, do you?
0: Yeah. I'm, I've got, I've got some shit going on. I've there's Personally? Some like, yeah, personal shit. My mom and dad are getting divorced. Oh my God. And I'm so fucking, f- fucking fed up with it. Yeah. And we don't have to get into details, but like it's, you know what? It, it's just like, here one second. The computer's going to die. Okay. Um. Yeah. So I'm just, I'm fed up with it. Um. And it's one of those things where like, you know, I'm an adult now. And if my parents got divorced when I was a kid, I think there's a lot of things that I probably wouldn't have been privy to. But now as an adult, like, I'm, you know, there's all this stuff coming out about their relationship that I am very much informed about. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, it totally... it It's... to look at your your parents or to look at one of your parents and and see them as like so flawed yeah as an adult is so fucking frustrating because i i held my like my parents like love to the highest utmost like i put it on such a pedestal i know and we i was talked so, about it i was on so the show. fucking proud of it and i was like that's like that's what I that that's what I come from, and like that's my view of what like love is. And then and then all this all this shit happens, and um and I'm just like I'm just so filled with rage. Like yesterday, I just broke down crying yesterday, Be, for no reason other than I just wanted to break something. Just out of I was just so filled with rage because of because of everything that's going on with them, and I was and. Ugh.
2: it's okay to feel that.
0: I know. I know it's okay to feel that.
2: And I think it'll be really good in the long run because I personally feel like I've been looking at my parents as flawed human beings for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I remember being like 18 years old and the people that I like looked up to the most, which were my older siblings became human to me like fucked up or let me down in some way and it was like the first time that someone or something I had on a pedestal kind of crumbled a little bit and became like vulnerable and I really struggled with that and still do like I went through my whole 20s being like Nah, I'm totally cool with my parents like I don't feel like they fucked up my childhood like totally it wasn't traditional totally there were things that like were not, like, I don't know, perfect. Mm -hmm. But, like, I'm not upset with them because I understand they're human beings. And then my late 20s came, and I got so pissed about their flaws. Yeah. And, you know, what? I'm coming through this wave of it, this particular wave of, like, feeling really angry and judgmental and let down by certain things that I'm starting to feel like I'm coming through the other side of it yeah. back to a sense of these people are humans. Like what I was claiming to feel early on. Now I, I actually think, you know, love. You're learning about love yeah. in this process.
0: Yeah, and I know, I know that like, you know, I know that things will level out and things will be okay. You know, I know that they're, you know, both of them will move on and find love elsewhere. Yeah. You know, if, if I have fucking hope, I hope my mom
2: finds them. Do you have any feeling like maybe, maybe, you know, as they move through this process, there might be a coming back from it? Like, do you think this could like be of
0: them? Of the two of them coming back? Yeah, together? does
2: any part of your no. imagination entertain that? No, nope. Yeah,
0: no. For in the beginning, like you know, this is this has been going on now for yeah. a couple months, but yeah. like in the beginning, I thought, well, maybe yeah, but now, now it's now I am just like, no, nah, this is over. Like, At- n- n- and it's 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 more so me going, let's fucking get this over with. Like, let, let's like let's find space here so that we don't have like so this i'm just over it i'm just over the whole process yeah you know and i and i think i'm not alone in that yeah in terms of like the family members of of who's all feeling that
2: yeah yeah and
0: i kind of hope i kind of hope that there is that there that there we do find some new normal
2: yeah you know we will it's fucking tripping me out
0: though like when i think about my mom dating somebody else like I know that's that's like a bit down the road, but man, can't see it. I can, but like that guy better be fucking. That guy's gotta be top notch. Like it's, I'm gonna be.
2: You're gonna hold him to a really. Ball high. Oh
0: man, oh yeah, yeah. He's got a really like. I remember my grandfather died like a few years ago, and uh, so my mom's mom yeah. or my mom's dad died, and so Nan was like single she'd she'd only been with my pop her whole life yeah you know like she was rural like, newfoundland fucking so got sheltered together when they were kids got together when she was a kid sheltered as hell has never like seen the world you know what i mean and when I she got a new a lot. when she got a new boy boyfriend i remember just being like who the fuck is this dude yeah now he impressed me pretty quickly pretty quickly he's, yeah. he's, a, he's a charmer and you know and Nan's old, you know. I just want I'm like I want you two, these two cute old people, to love each other. I think that's really sweet. But I don't know. Like I think this this thing with my mom, I'm just like, fuck. This dude better be. He better be. He better be, super funny and charming, and he better be rich as fuck.
2: <laughs> <laughs> imagine though. Th- I mean, can you imagine? Because because you had this love on a pedestal, right? Yeah. And that this the way that this is happening doesn't take away from that level of love. Like that lie. That was not a lie. That level of love. No. Right. Yeah. Now imagine that something even greater than that exists for both your parents. Oh, I know. I hope. Yeah. I, I hope I so. I know. I know. But like, imagine that like learning how to, love somebody so much then can then be like transcended i don't know if that if that exists i don't
0: i don't either i i but i think you know i hope so uh-huh. I, know, I hope anyway i, I don't want to get i don't want to like sink in too deep to this but that that's been you know like I i got back from mexico feeling good but like that one thing has just been like yeah has been fucking my vibe up yeah so big time,
2: you know what yeah
0: and 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 I'm just like it makes me you know, I'm going to Toronto tomorrow for like a week, um with the guys, well, I'm going for a couple of days with the guys, but I're gonna stick around for the weekend, and uh we're gonna like do some sick boy stuff, it's like a work trip, and like i'm just I'm just like i'm and I don't want to do this, I don't want to feel this way, but i I'm just I'm just like holding out until like the next work trip, so I can just fucking escape. And be, and be so swamped with work because I love that. I love doing that. It feels good. And it, I can just like detach from, you know, the, res- the, the, the cloud, the heavy cloud that's like, that I feel like is just looming over me when I'm here, yeah you know? Um, and I don't want to, I don't want to be that way. I don't want to feel that way.
2: You have the tools to work with that. Yeah. You know, like it's not yours. Yeah. I mean it is yours to an extent because it's your family and you care and you want people to be happy but like this is something I'm trying to work on right now is just like that's not mine Mm -hmm. and you can it doesn't have to make you so angry and you know make you so hurt obviously that's a because of who it is and you know but other people's bullshit is not
0: not yours not yours yeah Anyway, I have to carry that. God, I feel so bad. Like we um, I was I You was in asked Mexi- if
2: I want to talk about sex. <laughs> well,
0: fuck, man. I was in Mexico. So I I feel bad because we didn't put an episode up last week. And the reason was because uh, and it, I fucked up Sick Boy's schedule, too, because stupidly I left with all of the audio files for both Termion and Sick Boy. Right. And in where we were in Mexico, there was like no Wi-Fi. Mm. So a apologies for not having an episode up last week. And now, B, we come up, we start this week's episode with such a fucking bummer.
2: <laughs> I don't think it's Fuck. a bummer. I think people, uh, feels you like know, everybody's going through something. And That's this true. happens to be relationship-based. It's true. So it's on point. It's on point. Pro- it's on, on, point. <laughs> on track.
0: Yeah. Well, let's let's jump into a, let's see if we can switch it up here and jump into a <laughs> brain bomber Okay.
2: <clears> okay. <throat> Oh man, my nose! I just feel like I, I didn't have
0: any it. sex in Mexico.
2: I was wondering. There's so
0: many beautiful people in Mexico. I didn't have a single. I didn't have a single bed of sex.
2: Didn't have a single boner.
0: Uh, I had a couple boners for sure.
2: You were sharing a bed, weren't you? With a I was sharing a bed friends? with uh, old
0: Dan Dan Hendrickson there. <laughs> big boy, big daddy Dan.
2: Does he take up a lot of space in bed? You know what?
0: As <laughs> as a fucking like six foot nine, four hundred pound beast of a human,
2: he does not. He's, he's
0: quite, uh, he's keeps to himself, He keeps to himself. <laughs> yeah.
2: Was it like a 50 50 split of the bed? Yeah.
0: And it was a, it was definitely a double.
2: Oh no. Yeah,
0: It was a small little bed, but no, it was nice to share a bed with him. He's, he's a good, he's a good sleep partner. He's far less like hot and smelly than Taylor is. <laughs> <laughs> I can say that cause I know Taylor doesn't fucking listen to this podcast.
2: <laughs> he wouldn't care either. No, we.
0: I tell him that to his face. <laughs> All right, what do you got?
2: (laughs) I got to warm up my voice. I don't feel ready for this. Okay. Um, I just want to see, can I use your name?
0: Well, you know, what? while you're doing that, shout out to Dan, by the way, Dan Hendrick. If you don't know him, he's a stand-up comedian here in Halifax. He's a PEI Islander boy, but he lives here in Halifax, and he does stand-up mostly around the the maritime provinces, but if you haven't gotten a chance to go see him, he's very funny.
2: He's very funny. He's a
0: funny dude, <laughs> and uh, so yeah, check out Dan. If uh, I don't know if, if you how much you're performing these days, buddy, but go check him out. If he
2: hosted a comedy night that we went to together, and like he was the host, and he was the funniest yeah. one on
0: stage. Oh, he's today. very funny. Yeah, yeah. I'm ready. Okay, let's I'm do ready it.
2: Ready to go? Okay. Um, so this says to Bridie and Jeremy and Becca. All of our names are spelled wrong, though.
0: I saw that. Yeah, I saw that, and I was like, "This imme- you immediately lose Lost all credit. Me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's where I stopped reading. Oh,
2: this letter is not for me. <coughs>
0: Some Jeremy with a Y.
2: <laughs> and a Bridie with an I. Uh, okay. Um, okay. All good. Just resin, yeah. I have just entered into a new poly relationship. When we started, he and I agreed to use condoms and both get tested as I had only outdated results to offer. He kept saying that his wife was anxious to see results as she was very nervous about health-related matters. They're new to poly and have only ever slept with each other. I totally understood and saw my doctor quickly. The topic came up a bit and he kept wording it and he had many questions because his wife wanted to know. I was getting a bit annoyed as it felt like a third-hand conversation with someone I never met on a very personal matter. Her and I haven't gotten a chance to meet yet as it has only been a few weeks. But the setup plan is that her and I would like to be friendly and have communication. This week, I got my test results back and was able to give him the good news over the phone. I was thinking this closed the matter. A few nights later, I unexpectedly received a text message from her. He hadn't told me that he was giving her my number. I want her to have it eventually, but figured I'd get warning. She said she didn't want to make it awkward, but needed to know exactly what I was tested for. I was not pleased." I informed her that I was not interested in repeating the information I had already given my partner to someone I hadn't met. I informed her this was a personal topic reserved for those I was intimate with. He and I spoke about the incident, and I forgive him for giving my number without warning. Neither of them have dated in 20 years, and they're both a little rusty on etiquette. Now, I understand her fully needing this information. Uh, No, I understand fully. Her needing this information. Mm -hmm. I am completely willing to give this information to my partner, even in writing, if that makes it easier. I know full well that he will share it with her, as he absolutely should, but him being a bad messenger or whatever shouldn't mean I have to answer to his wife in such a manner, should it? Isn't it his place to ask for the information in a way that doesn't make me feel judged? bless you. I felt very objectified and was a bit curt in my reply. I've included screenshots for reference. My hope is it will shake out just fine once we meet. Am I being sensitive or mean? My suspicion in this situation is that they're new to Polly and she may be even feeling a little behind him in his desire for this lifestyle. They are Polly sensitive. They are seeing a Polly sensitive counselor to help with the transition. Maybe she is making a bigger deal out of this as a manifestation to her remaining fears involved. Uh, Probably not my place to assume, but that's the vibe I get. I've included screenshots of the conversation. She refers to the situation as his venture into polyamory. Is that concerning? I guess my question in a poly setting, how do you advise handling such (laughs) health matters? How much info do we owe others involved? And whose responsibility is it to mitigate such sensitive communication? Should I offer to join them in counseling? How involved do I get about the progress of things? What's an appropriate and friendly way to tell his other partner that she has approached a boundary reserved for our relationship or is that solely up to him and if i do find out she is being coerced into this lifestyle do i run or is that somehow ethically salvageable thank you guys for sharing and glad jeremy is out of prison go fuck yourselves gilin
0: there's a lot going on here a lot to unpack
2: there's a lot of question marks there's
0: a lot of question marks a lot of questions (laughs) i'm going to ask with your brain boners keep it to one no i'm, I'm, joking. No, I'm, I'm, I'm joking i'm joking i'm joking i
2: know we're totally i don't know why we're picking on you <laughs> so, so no, hard I'm totally
0: joking uh there are a lot of questions but also it's uh, i so here's the other thing is is uh are we going to mention that we she also sent
2: the screenshots, the screenshots i think she the mentioned
0: text. it twice oh, already oh, okay, okay. so yeah so so <laughs> yeah, we, we I'm read i'm not the, gonna read those yeah we read the text and yeah and okay so well why don't you tell why don't you let me why don't you answer what do you think of all this I think we, I think you and I have different opinions.
2: So it's funny we started talking about this before the mics came on and before I reread this email and um, and not to razz on you even further, but I <laughs> had a rough, had a hard time reading uh, your email. I think you could benefit from using commas more in your written communication. Oh I- my god, <laughs> this is brutal.
0: Also, can you stop listening to our fucking show? <laughs> Your name's right.
2: This is this is the razzing you get for spelling your names wrong. <laughs> um, Just kidding me, love you. That's really, yeah, that's all. I'm really glad. This is a great question. But when we were talking about it, it before, I kind of forgot the second half of your your questions. I was really thinking about like, I, after I read the text message, I was like, seems reasonable. I didn't, the way she was asking didn't seem, right. for you- the results, didn't seem like...
0: You she was read, being aggressive. You read the text messages, and you were thinking, "Hey, the wife, and the wife that's a part of this like couple, yeah, h- had asked for those results, yeah, but like she asked for it in a very, um, very pleasant sort of uh, amicable, um, diplomatic way. There was yeah. no like attitude to it, yeah, um, which I agree, yeah, I agree. She also asked it that way, um, and our you know gilan here answered with just." with basically what she said, which was like, I don't really feel comfortable giving that information to you, but I can give it to um, Ghee, Yeah. And which I, you know, it all seemed, it all, it didn't seem like tense or heated.
2: Not the text, not the screenshots no. of the texts. No.
0: But my reaction was like, sure, okay. It was a nice way to, they, you know, they that conversation seemed very uh, um, agreeable. However, I don't think she, I don't, I I personally agree with our friend Ghislaine here. I don't think that she has a right to ask, um, like something so specific, right? To ask, like, I want to know all of the things you got tested for. Yeah. Um, because that's, that's very personal information. And I think there's like, there's, there is. Is it? It fuck yeah, it is.
2: Is it because
4: absolutely? Can you just
2: get a print off list of like here's this, here's what's included in an STI test? Like they all include they include the same like five things. She could have just called up the nurse. Our friend
0: here should just know that, you know, or or like or you know, to you're right. When you go get an STI check, Mm -hmm. they they just do the standard check, the Mm -hmm. standard list, yeah, and then they won't check you for HIV unless there's like a specific reason why they think they should, yeah um if you know if you've seen a sex worker, if you've had sex with with someone who has unpro- has had unprotected sex with a male yeah. like anally yeah um, and I think they're they're i think maybe like drug- drug use maybe yeah, like maybe shared
2: yeah, like
0: N- needle like drug needles, use yeah, so if you haven't done any of those things, then they're not gonna check you for h i v yeah but then they'll check you for the rest,
2: yeah, which are gonorrhea chlamydia h p v um what else? Do you I don't know. know. I okay. don't know.
0: I always just go in and I go check me.
2: Check me for the things. Yeah. Well, exactly. So this girl, this other this wife. The wife. She just wants to know what, what all was the the, what what were you tested for? What am I protected against? Sure. Which I feel like is fair. And here's the part that really drove it home for me is when the wife says and I and I I won't Read it out like word for word, but that she asked him. She asked her husband what specifically his girlfriend was tested for, and he said he didn't know. And oh, sh- and he said, and she said that you know she's just trying to um, be aware of what she might be a threat with. And sure. her husband, she says, is not as detail oriented as me. Which sounds just which like drove me. it right fucking yeah, home okay, for me sure. because I was like, yes.
0: Yeah, you know what that's like. Okay, but also, <laughs> but also, it's like, okay, communication is key, right? I think all, I think communication all around is really important. The fact that they were communicating through text, like that's an important thing.
2: That's cool. I think I,
0: that's very I think that's great. But also, I think that that um that some element of privacy is very is important in life. Whether it be relationships, whether it be, you know, your fucking, you know, online privacy or whatever, like privacy is important. And so, for this, <clears throat> for to have someone ask about the specifics when yeah. you've already gone through it and you've already told the your, your partner, I have been tested, like yeah. everything came back clean, yeah. I think that's enough. I think that's I think that is enough information that that sh- should be given if that's all you feel you need to give. Mm-hmm. Um, that's that's not it's not on you to like. Lay out the list and go. See here. Here's the proof. I think that if you are, I, 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 you know, as long as you're telling the truth, yeah. As long as you're being truthful, yeah. Why do you have to show everything? Why do you have to show the the, the proof of, of? She
2: doesn't want the proof. She just wants the list of things she was tested for.
0: But don't you see how that's a it's there's like a bit of a slippery slope there. Well. Like 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 do you not agree that it should just be okay for her to go well no I was tested and I am clean.
2: Mhm. I think, you know, the fact that they haven't dated in 20 years, she's probably never had to ask totally. anybody and for that. An and STI that's another thing where
0: before. it's like it's new for them. Yeah. But also I kind of I kind of agree it's like yeah, you, know, you don't you don't owe you don't owe anything to to them or mm-hmm. her. But there is this other part of me that's like, well, you know, really open communication is is always a good a good thing. So it's not, it also won't hurt you to go, well, here, here's, if you want to see it, here it is. Yeah. But I get it. I get going, I understand going, nah, I'm like, I, I said what I needed to say. I gave you all the information that like, it's need to know basis. I gave you everything you need to know. I
2: understand that. You know what they should do? They should hand out t-shirts once you're, once you've been tested and you just say i have been tested for and then negative on all these counts and yeah. then you could just feel like it's cool to get sti tests
0: yeah i mean <laughs> sure I'm all, I'm all about merch
2: you know what um uh but there's a, does... but,
0: but there uh, so c- coming back to the the email there there were other couple there's a couple of other like kind of red flags there i mean the 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 point that she made about her about the wife saying like my husband's foray Like his venture into polyamory like, Not your business Not your business They're going
2: to counseling And it's gonna be sloppy The opening Think of how the fucking. I think of some of the things I must have like tested to people <laughs> When I started communicating With people you were having sex with Yeah You never did You were never in text communication With any of the people I slept with So no. that didn't happen But well, well it's no, awkward you're, I mean
0: your current boyfriend Me and him started yeah. we, we started having like conversations Yeah And we that's would hang fair. out and stuff That's
2: yeah. fair uh but like not before we met
0: no. no 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 that's true not before
2: we no um and yeah and i think totally if you haven't i don't think it's like a red flag or anything but yeah i feel like maybe for anyone listening who hasn't encountered the situation yet but will do definitely clear it with your new partner before you give their phone number to your other partner yeah, and... Dude,
0: for sure.
2: And, you know, a little, <laughs> sure. hey, so-and-so might reach out. Yeah, 100% is a nice, do that. Is a nice yeah, yeah gesture.
0: For sure. And there, there's, I mean, we're only hearing one side of it. And, yeah. And we kind of saw two sides. But from from what we're hearing from the one side, from gilan here, there it does seem that there's like a little bit of like a... Ooh, it seems a little drama-filled. Like, it seems like... It's it, new. It, it's, it is new. It's going
2: to be volatile yeah. and there will be casualties. So... Yeah. Just
0: buckle up. Yeah. If that's what you're if that's what you're getting into, buckle up. Yeah, that's
2: yeah. you know. Hopefully there's not casualties. Maybe no. there are situations where there's not, but I feel like people inevitably sometimes people get hurt. Not not as a rule, no. and I don't want to like stigmatize it either, but yeah. Just know that you're So what do you navigating. think she should do?
0: Do you think she should do you think that she should
2: Well Fork over the results? This email's from 11 days ago. Right. So guaranteed... Something's happened. Something has happened. Yeah. So I think, you know... I guess it's up to you. Like, I understand what you're saying, Jeremy. Like, there's very little we have privacy about, I guess. I mean, I, I can't see the harm in... Being like, yeah, I was tested for gonorrhea, chlamydia, herpes, HIV. Totally, blah, but
0: I uh, totally. And it, but the, but it's not about that. Right? For me, it's not about the well, there's no harm in, in just telling them. Disclosing it. It's it's about the principle of it of going, Look. Oh just take my word. Oh take, right. like if you cannot trust me, right. trust that I trust that I have given your partner the information that he should have. Yeah. And if he can't fucking relay it to you because he's a bit of a dunce... Because he's
2: not also maybe thinking about or not, how like, it extends totally. to her health.
0: Then that then that's on him. Yeah. But I have done my due diligence. I have I have gotten tested. Let's just leave it at that.
2: So what you're saying is that is the man's problem here right now. The man hasn't I mean, he better be fucking paying attention. He seems like a bit of a fucking
0: Dweeb here, giving out fucking phone numbers, not saying anything about wife reaching out, and then and then being like, oh, I don't know, she said she got tested. I mean, you know, not to like, not to shit on this guy, but come on, dude, fuck. You know, if you want this to work,
2: pay the fuck attention.
0: Pay attention. Yeah, the game's called Pay Attention. <laughs> A little inside joke there. Um. Yeah. So I don't know. <laughs> anyway.
2: Well, I hope you got something out of that.
0: Yeah. What are your thoughts, listeners? Uh, reach out to us. You can hit us up, turn me on podcast at com, Or you can slide into our, our DMs. Again, I, I got kicked off our Instagram while I was in Mexico. Yeah. Uh, all Like Instagram had just like glitched out for some reason. All, I got booted off all my accounts. Couldn't get back on until I got home. And then I got home and fucking there was like a hundred new <laughs> butt photos sent to us. I was like, Jesus Christ. I got to sift through all these, save them all. And then like, But Bridie's been, like, responding to people. I'm like, what the fuck, Bridie? Like, Bridie never uses our Instagram. Now she's all of a sudden, like, into it. And then she's like, look at all this, like, engagement we have on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, it's been like that from the beginning. And she goes, well, can we just, like, delete our email? And I was like, sure, if you want to take that on.
2: Uh, You know what? It's just, like, there's... There's so too many funny. inboxes in my life. Yeah, you know? I get
0: it. I totally get it. I've been trying to like get all the, the Sick Boy crew, just everything moved over to Slack. Yeah. But it's just, no, everyone's like, no, I don't want to. Like, yeah. I
2: don't like Slack. I mean, it's just yeah. another fucking inbox. It's
0: just another inbox, but it keeps all of the things and the team together in one place. <laughs> it's great.
2: Is that their slogan?
0: I think so, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's their latest ad campaign.
2: Oh my God. Yeah, I... <laughs> All right. I don't know. Well, but
0: let's let's uh, let's wrap this bitch up and send it to. Oh, uh, before we send it to the the episode, you might have heard right at the very top there a little ad for <clears throat> the Atlantic Podcast Summit. I'm um, excited about that. Super excited. Uh, I'm taking part. Sick Boy is, gonna be, is taking part in a big way. Uh, Bridie, you've got you're taking part in the summit. Yeah, you're leading a, a panel or a, an interview.
2: Uh, like a, a, I don't know if it's like a, a delegate. Convers- a fireside, fireside chat. Fireside chat, yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. with uh, Stephanie Domet.
2: Which is like crazy. Yeah,
0: Stephanie Domet's a sort of legendary uh, uh, CBC radio host. She's she's moved on now to greater things, but she she used to be the host of Main Street here in Halifax, and she was she was one of the best interviewers mm-hmm. I've ever heard on the radio. Um, and you're going to be talking to her about the art of, of conversation or the art of the interview.
2: Which is one of my favorite the art of conversation is one of my favorite things to just yeah. mull on and on and on about, but I am going to do some prep for that yeah. conversation. Cause boy, was I intimidated when at the thought of that. Um, yeah. I mean, not that having a conversation is hard and I know Steph, I've a little bit through the yoga community yeah, too, a sweetheart. but, uh, I'm really like, oh, I get butterflies. There's very little that gives me butterflies. And this does, and this does, and yeah, and you probably be doing right it for a
0: pretty big crowd too. Yeah, um, it's taking place uh, in here in Halifax uh, <laughs> in May, the the first uh, the first weekend of May, um, and uh, I'm going to be hosting a pitch competition at the Carlton uh, on the opening night, uh, so. Uh, come out, check that out if you like and uh, and to cap the whole event off the podcast summit the Atlantic podcast summit uh, sick boys doing a live show it's going to be our biggest live show yet so it, you can come you can get tickets just to see the live show if you're into that. Or if you want to, if you're like a podcast lover or you're a podcast creator or you're just interested in podcasts in general, you can get uh, festival passes or conference passes rather. Um, and all that information is on the website, uh, AtlanticPodcastSummit.com.
2: We get asked a lot about, about podcasting and like how people tell us a lot. People tell me a lot that they want to start a podcast. And it's like coming to a festival like this is, it's like when we went to South by Southwest.
0: Yeah. You learn a fuckload. You
2: learn so much, and
0: you meet so many people. Yeah, <clears throat> like the opportunity to meet people is really huge. Yeah. So I mean, if it's something that you're interested in starting, holy fuck, don't miss this opportunity. Yeah. But again, it's not just for those people. It's for people who, you know, who are just are fans. Like podcasts. Yeah. yeah. There's there's lots to take in.
2: Yeah, it's like some behind the scenes stuff for for big fans too. Like yeah. you really kind of get to see some cool sides yeah and there's some things. big names
0: there's some big names in the industry coming in that's uh, great it's, it's gonna be really cool uh, so go check out tickets for that and uh, and in the very least come see the fucking sick boy live show because those are always really fun and we love seeing you out there and seeing your support uh, all right that is it let's throw it to this week's episode um, our guest this week was a guest from Toronto who um, was it Gabrielle was that was that her name yeah. God, it's been so fucking long.
2: I know. I, I gotta... think. It,
0: I think it was Gabrielle. Let's just say it was, and if it wasn't, then we'll we'll, we'll correct ourselves next week. <laughs> um, but you know, what? this is actually kind of like a little sick boy termion mashup. Really. Yeah,
2: this is the first person we've spoke to, right with uh with a with a, a disability. Yeah, I think
0: for the most part, we we talk a lot about her disability and how that affects her sex life and. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it's like again, there's it, there's a lot of tie-ins to Sick Boy and and that theme of like what it's like to live with a, a chronic illness and
2: an, uh, and an undiagnosed illness. That's of, right. That, that.
0: Uh, but again, we, we get deep into the sex talks. So. Yeah, and I
2: think some new kind of insight stuff like we've never talked about before That's on the right. show. I, I liked I liked the place where this this conversation uh, went.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, So we hope you enjoy it, Um, and again, my deepest apologies for last week, Um, but we we got some fun stuff lined up for the next few weeks, so let's do it. See you on the other side.
1: Everybody, my name is Gabrielle Thibaut-Messier.
0: Gabrielle, it's um, a very French name. It is very, yeah, very French. Yeah. Uh, you. This. I feel like this could be like a crossover sick boy episode.
1: I'm down. The first thing
0: I I noticed when you walked in here was you got a cane. Yeah. Uh, what's the What's the cane life all about?
1: Um, my cane life is sometimes my rollator life is sometimes my power wheelchair life. Okay. I. Uh, my goal is to catch them all um, at this point uh, so the only one I'm off is uh, is not using his crutches because I don't find that I have the upper body strength for that okay and a manual wheelchair because also same idea don't have
0: the upper body strength mm. so what do you what do you have what are you dealing with what like what's the rec- why why, <laughs> why do why I for have all of these tools
1: <laughs> why for all of my tools so the biggest thing is we don't know so I have something that's uh, called undiagnosed illness so not yet diagnosed is what is written on my medical diagnosis.
2: How long have you been trying to get a diagnosis? Um, I started
1: trying to get a diagnosis for this about a year and a half ago, and I probably started experiencing symptoms for this probably two and a half years ago. So it has been... um, a really long time of dealing with this yeah. and so basically a uh, long story short started having a um, kind of a cramp in my uh, left calf like I had kind of stepped off a curb wrong about like really strong um, year and a half ago and I was just like really like damn like I really stepped on this wrong like I like I had been a runner I had been running like Five kilometers, like every every other day, every three days. Like I like was fit. I had run all my life. I was like, this is great. And then that cramp turned into sciatica. And for those of you who don't know sciatica, it's like
0: pain in the ass.
1: It is literally a pain in your ass. It goes all the way down. If you go on the nerve that's on the left side of your calf in there, it goes all the way up, goes up into where literally your butthole is. And then like all the way that tailbone up. That is lightning fire pain as if somebody just like gave you a, a poking rod right in there
4: yuck so
1: that's when I was first like holy fucking shit something is wrong I need to go see my doctor What I haven't been telling you guys is that like I had been having like on and off symptoms of like weird bladder shit and like other symptoms of like something is wrong with your autoimmune system for like a year. Mm -hmm. Like bladder things have been like I was having at one point like three bladder infections a month. I was on antibiotics for like six months at one point every single day. For some reason my bladder could not seem to stop getting bladder infections and we couldn't figure out why, but it wasn't something that like when you have a pain in your leg that they think of. Up until when we look at my family history, I have um, three sisters. My eldest sister, uh, who is 10 years older than I am, got diagnosed with multiple sclerosis when I was 12. Okay.
0: Wow, yeah, okay. So...
1: That was in the family Mm -hmm. history, like on Mm -hmm. and off. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. that must
2: have been the first thing on your mind. Oh,
1: like that was like upfront. Like that was like my largest fears in the universe. The thing that has been gnawing at you at the back of your head since you were a child. Mm -hmm. That thing is coming true. Mm -hmm.
3: Which is like, Mm -hmm. which
1: is like not also like what you want to hear. And which is why every doctor is like, don't panic. Don't go there. We're not there yet. Mm -hmm. But also, my younger sister, when she was. When she was 12, so she's about four years younger than me, about four years after my eldest sister was diagnosed with MS, she started showing signs of a severe scoliosis okay. that turned into a 55-degree scoliosis. So once you get above about like 45 degrees in scoliosis, so like your spine scoliosis is where it does that weird curvature the thing S. to where it does the yeah. S. Yeah. Think about your lungs being completely, like, shifted off to your one side, your gut shifted the other side, yeah. the diaphragm not going where it's really supposed to. Like, yeah, it can
0: really uh, fuck you up.
2: I fuck you up majorly. I didn't realize that scoliosis developed that way. I guess that makes sense because... Well, my understanding was that the human skeleton doesn't really fuse into place or doesn't like land in its position until you're around seven years old, which is why like little kids, you can like fold them in half, you Mm -hmm. can like wrap them up in a pretzel, but then like, you know, young, oh no, I guess that makes sense. Like the 12 year mark, because that's like, I grew up in a ballet, I -hmm. went to ballet and it was like, if I auditioned for the ballet school of Winnipeg, um, And had I gotten accepted, I was told that around like 12 years old, you actually, you'll get an x-ray and they'll tell you whether your hips are, have landed in a position where you can actually continue your training. So that makes sense. So that's around, that's when her skeleton was like. Here it is. Yeah. And what's
1: even more interesting is that when they first started seeing the scoliosis, it was her um, her violin teacher. Okay. So my younger sister and I both went to um, um, arts high school and arts middle school because cool. we were growing up in Quebec. And at the age of my age of eight, her age of four, my parents decided to move us to Chattanooga, Tennessee, Oh Whoa. and uh That's a big so, move. Oh yeah, and I did not speak English at that point. My first language was French, so like Okay. You're going to hear southern twang, you're going to hear <laughs> French, you're going to hear a lot of things. Or so my French tell my friends tell me at different points that I get drunk you get different accents to different <laughs> languages. It's real fun. Yeah, you
0: do you do have a very like distinct it's sort different. of it's different. Yeah, it is different. Different different sort like it's hard to pick. It's for hard sure. it's you can hard to peg. you can pick out the, the French, but now that you talk about the, you know being in Chattanooga, it's like, oh yeah, can I kinda yeah. hear that down there too.
1: Yeah, it's the down home accent.
0: <laughs> so I can imagine then the last <clears throat> the last couple of years have been a bit of a, a, a struggle, yeah. um, you know, going from from one life into now being living a, a, a life as someone who is disabled. How how has that affected your your sex life?
1: Yeah, so in that, the question that you asked me that I never got <laughs> to, we'll get into what is actually wrong with me, which will help me describe, like, what my sex life is like. Okay. So, okay. like, so, yeah, so, you do... so I'm going to go roundabout to say, like, what is actually wrong with me now? Yeah. Like, I do know things that are wrong with me. I just don't know the actual reason why it, I, it's okay. wrong. Okay, So I do know some things. I know that I have things like um, some of the people that you've interviewed that have um, that have EDS, so Ehlers-Danlos Syndrome, yep. have something called POTS. Yeah. Yep. So I have that too. Okay. It?
0: And what is POTS for so people who don't So for
1: people who don't know what POTS is, POTS is postural. So the posture that you're at, whether you're laying down or standing up. Orthostatic, which is basically part of blood pressure system. So orthostatic. Um, tachycardia. So heart beating really really fast syndrome so basically for the short term if I'm laying down I feel great as soon as my head goes above my legs all the blood rushes to my legs which gives you the feeling like you're about to pass out and all of the sensations that come with passing out Mm -hmm. the nausea the like wanting to vomit Mm -hmm. the dizziness the um, short term memory problems the fatigue all of that comes with it yeah we've had a
0: number of people who have applied to be on sick boy with POTS yeah Um, yeah it sounds like a real fucking
1: yeah it's a real big asshole there are things like i've done to like make it better which is like definitely a sick boy thing um then i have just like symptoms of chronic fatigue where i have problems thinking i get really really exhausted and that comes with like muscle fatigue like my muscles get really really exhausted Mm. and then i have an entire like neuromuscular thing basically i have a charley horse so you know that feeling of a charley horse we go into full muscle cramp every muscle of my body on the outside and on the inside. Mm. Wow. So, charley horse and every body on the outside at different levels. So it has a level of a charley horse so it's just whether it's like a cramp of a 1 or a 10. Mm. And then so that fucks with your nerves because then it's like your squeezing nerves are Squeezing nerves. And then I know at certain points I don't have a lot of um, connection between like my nerves and my central nervous system. So there's some fuckery that something's At the bottom, can't communicate with things uh, basically at the executive level upstairs, Mm -hmm. if we really want to put it that way. So basically, everything kind of Um, I'm losing all sensation from all of my pelvic area and my bladder. I have no sensation currently inside of my vagina or inside of my asshole. What I do have sensation is on the outside and I have sensation currently in my clitoris. I have a lot of muscle cramping problems, so my pelvis doesn't work very well. And I very much like you saw me when I had to get into the chair. I very much like had to lift myself and I'm very much like manipulating my legs when I'm here. Like you guys can not see that, but you guys can
0: Turn me on. We'll be right back after this word from our sponsors.
3: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Gigi Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm, Hello fresh.
2: ebb and flow like I know with MS at least I I mean I'm not on the sick boy podcast but my understanding is like there's good days and there's bad days and like you know you can go from like you said you you have a power chair a wheelchair and then and then but today you're walking in here you know so what what factor can you tell what factors contribute to that so some factors is definitely um,
1: physical stress so if I really exude myself one day before like I'll my body will definitely feel it the next day but like yeah. Especially if I have a bad night of sleep and I just tend to have um, a lot of pain attacks. Mm-hmm. So I'll have an attack of cramping somewhere that'll really mess with something. And then I'll be in a lot of pain and then things will kind of cramp up or new muscles are start cramping down mm-hmm. and that'll come in attacks. But a lot of things about it is I still don't know. I have days when I wake up and I feel great. And then I've also just gotten medication for like whatever this is. Mm. I was um, <clears throat> basically before this started happening, I was getting... Getting my master's degree in um, brainstem neuroconnectivity, and I was in neuroscience. No shit. I was a neuroscientist, and so when this started happening, I was very, very aware of what was happening, and I was like, "Hmm, I'm real fucked here. Yeah, I'm right. real fucked here." <laughs> so it's been a really interesting side of view of things, but I also never had to. I never,
2: um, shit. You asked me something, and I completely forgot. I to so you, you were t- you. Um, you were you're studying neuroscience, and I was asking if you if this ebbs and flows for yeah, you. Yeah, so this ebbs and flows in ways like
1: MS, but in a lot of ways it ebbs and flows in ways that I've learned to manage it because I was studying neuroscience and I knew a little bit about what could manage the different types of spasticity that I had. So I knew with different types of of spasticity, it responds differently to different drugs, mm. and I had had enough experience with those drugs just. In, in my own understanding of that science with my own research, that I had gotten to the point that I finally, um, got my neurologist to try um, spasticity medications and different ones that got me to a place where I did a lot better. So usually when I was using that power chair was before anybody had tried any medication and before I um, stopped working and started uh, self-medicating with cannabis. So um, before that, before cannabis, I didn't use anything and it was only like little bits of physiotherapy and I basically uh, went to the point where I was using a power wheelchair and there was like nothing else to do.
0: When all this was going on, were you? Did you have? Uh, were you in a relationship? Did you have a, a partner?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. And I'm really sorry. I know you keep asking me questions, and I go on like no deeper tangents no, than it's you okay. do at this point. <laughs> it's like,
0: okay. Yeah, I'm, uh, the, I'm the tangent king, and now I'm yeah. like, no, nah, I'm not. That no, bad.
1: you're not that bad, like, <laughs> dude. I have short-term memory problems. You are not the tangent king. This will be the name of my podcast, yeah, tangent queen. Yeah,
0: totally. Um uh but yeah like did you have did you have a partner when this is all when this all started to to go down that slippery slope
1: Yeah so I had a, a really really wonderful partner a person who was really a wonderful partner at the beginning and mm-hmm. who was really great with experimentation and when i first started having any loss of sensation or any um pain in my pelvis area was the first one that was just like it's totally cool if we try new things like Mm -hmm. i had a period of i had straight up vaginal pain for six months and he and he and i were just like anal is a thing Mm
3: -hmm. Mm -hmm. sure
1: you have pain there is anal comfortable is that more pleasurable for you? Right. Mm-hmm. Like and was the pain leadership? was the
0: pain coming from the act of sex or was it like just a sort of constant vaginal pain?
1: It was constant vaginal <laughs> pain. It was kind of they were wondering whether or not I had like vaginismus. They yeah. were wondering yeah. whether I had like serious endometriosis. Mm. But I was just having such bad cramping. Like in that area, and the area was cramping so badly that I was just like just having straight up pain. It was nerve pain, mm-hmm. and there was nothing to do about it. The only thing that would help was lidocaine, or right. I would use um, I had these um, <laughs> CBD infused cocoa butter um, like tampon inserts that I could put up, and that would literally just like numb the hell out of your Whoa. vagina because it would be like CBD and THC. Yeah, mm-hmm. like the same thing that you would you would do if you were in. To infuse cannabis in a butter, yeah. yeah, except cocoa butter, and because it's it melts at body temperature, you can like just insert shove it, shove it in, just shove it in. And honestly, I was like, that. That yeah. shit was great, and then you taste like chocolate. <laughs> uh,
0: okay, that sounds fun. Yes, but I, I want to come back to the the you know so you're having the vaginal pain and your partner and you decide well you know anal's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I find that interesting because there's there is uh, anal is a thing, and for some people it's like a thing. It's like a it's a no go zone. People mm-hmm. are just like nope, and and some of those people who say no, um, it's just the idea of it. Where they're like, nah, nah, like, you know, they haven't done it, but they just, it's just, it's just like a little weird and maybe taboo. I don't want like, I don't want stuff going there. Did you have any of that? Or were you just, were you, were you, what kind of scenario were you in? Like, were you, were you starving for pleasure and, and decided, well, let's just, let's just stick to the butt stuff? Or did you know, like, yeah, well, I, you know, I know anal works. So let's, let's go down that trend. Um.
1: I was listening to turn me on, and I thought that it would be fine. Oh, that yeah, is sweet. the answer. I go. was listening to y'all, and I was like, "Fuck this shit!" Yeah, no, that's great. Fuck this shit. Yeah, where but I'm like, you're 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 putting something in my butt because this is like, yeah. also yes, very much like starving for pleasure, and also like my relationship was suffering. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. like as wonderful as anyone is, if you are just like straight up. St- like literally starving for pleasure with somebody and you want to like you want to make that person happy and like at first it was like very much like that and then my um, that relationship definitely um, just like devolved in a lot of ways that were like just both of like a person just, like, not wanting to be there for, like, somebody who's going to go through, like, an illness, ad, which is, like, was at the time we were thinking and is still pretty much at the time, is just something that's going to be degenerative. Mm. And that person was, like...
0: It was just too too heavy,
4: too much.
1: It was a lot. Yeah. And I was also thinking about a lot of the things that I wanted and a lot of the things that, like, when I got sick, the first thing I thought of was, like, okay... We were going through all the things that this could be, and one of the things that we were trying to rule out was ALS at one point. Okay, and at the point that it was ALS, for those of you that do that do not know, um, it's a ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease is a degenerative illness and is not, in a lot of ways, is not something very fun to go through and does lead to death. Like mm-hmm. it's a
0: very scary, very diagnosis. very
1: scary thing, yeah. and I have not said my age yet. I am currently 25 and was then 24 Yeah, Yeah, when somebody was telling me that like potentially like this will kill you in five years Mm. and my first thought was just like you have always known that you like girls okay and this is a thing where you will i i was one of those queer people that had admitted it to themselves and then said that like Yes, but you can survive without ever doing this. This mm. is a sacrifice you are willing to make in order to be normal mm. to whoever mm. you feel you need to be normal to mm.
0: so your so your your um having someone put the word a l s into your you know your your everyday vernacular because it's now it's now you know weighing on you. You you think that is the that's the thing that the made you come out,
1: um, or played or played a big role? Definitely not the ALS, <laughs> but getting sick and everyone getting, sick, in getting yeah. sick and everyone who knows me, like I've told them that like getting sick was the thing that made me come out.
0: Wow,
3: that's and, really interesting.
1: Yeah, and it's a, it, it, honestly it took something it took something scarier to kind of just like shake me, and it's like very sad knowing that like I have two people in my life who are very close to me, both of my sisters have been sick their entire lives. Mm -hmm. and It is not like sickness was something foreign to me. Mm -hmm. It was definitely something that was normal. I will say that because I knew that illness was something that happened and was something that would probably happen to me. Like, I was looking at a two, of, two of three of my siblings that were both sick and going, mm. Mm, math goes,
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 <laughs>
1: math and neuroscience and science has told me that, like, this is not, like, an, a not-too-unlikely scenario for you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Therefore, like, it had just been something that I was just like, you, this is a sacrifice you need to make. Mm -hmm. And whether it was because I thought that, mm, like, my family wouldn't think that it was okay, or whether or not, like, I thought that, like, I would lose the relationships that I had with people, or, like, I knew I would lose my partner definitely at the time. Like, I knew that that was a thing. But, like, in all, it was something that I was just like, I finally had it in my hand to do a selfish thing mm. and say that, like, this is something that you deserve. Mm. And How I th-
0: did your family react? <clears throat>
1: Honestly, like, not great, but okay. Like, they did mm-hmm. okay. They're working on it. Like, mm-hmm. everyone who goes through, like, who gets new news, they're working on it. Yeah. And it was just something that, like, nobody had a bad reaction, but just that it was just like, okay, this is something that changes. Mm-hmm. And it's just the thing that when... I realized that, like, everything else was changing. Like, everything else changes. Like, Mm. you are okay to change, too. Mm -hmm. Just because you are 20, just because you are 40, just because you are 60, does not mean that you don't get to come out as queer at, like, 21, 41, 61. Like, Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. get to come out as whoever at, like, whatever point. And it's, like, it's never been too long. Like, that was one of the big things that it, like, struck me, that it hadn't been, like... I hadn't been myself for too long to, like come out to myself or come out to other people and Mm. like that was okay.
2: Before we turn on the microphone, you were saying it's like notoriously harder for for queer people um, t- to to work with doctors when there isn't a non diagnosis, and you're you're coming like with maybe like a a list of problems. And I'm wondering, did anyone did you ever get that reaction to coming out, where <clears throat> anyone like put their hand on your shoulder and go, "I think you're just going through a hard time, like mm. you're just struggling," so maybe. Maybe you're not queer. Maybe you're just, like, you know, looking for a diagnosis, you know, a label.
1: Yeah. Thankfully, nobody told me that. Like, thankfully, yeah. I think it was, like, one of the fears that I had. Yeah. And I think, like, in my head, like, it was one of the things that I was just, like, somebody will tell me that it's just, like... Yeah. It is a phase. Yeah. But I was also very, very lucky. And there's, um, I had heard somebody else say this, that when you're queer, it is a lot easier to come out to family when there's somebody, when you're dating somebody. Mm. And at the time that I came out to my parents, like I was dating somebody and I had gone on to dating somebody else and somebody new, mm. like very quickly yeah. and like... I was very vocal about it. And I think that because when I came out to my parents, I very much said, like, I'm dating a girl.
4: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And
1: like, that's how I came out to them. (laughs) And I'm like, I'm dating a girl now. And they were like,
0: "Okay, Yeah, right. Right.
1: Well, exactly. Well, on the exactly the way I told I came out to my father was um, I got him stoned because um, that's the way that you do it. Um, I handed him a joint and I was like, Dad, I want to talk to you about something. He's like, okay. I was like, so I'm dating a girl now. And he's like, why are you telling me this? I'm just like, because it's important. Mm -hmm. He's like, okay. And then he went to bed. (laughs) <laughs> and then the, and then the next week he was just like that was very important. I'm very happy if you're happy. Oh. Yeah. And it was just like very much and I think it was the greatest thing. He was just like, "Okay, I'm going to go digest this. Yeah. I'm going to bed."
0: Yeah. <clears throat> Literally sleep on it.
2: Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to go sleep on it. Well, and I think that's a good point because we did talk we've been talking a lot about coming out lately mm-hmm. and um, whether it's coming out you know sexually or well, what your family telling your family that you you're polyamorous or mm-hmm. whatever. and mm-hmm. like it's really I, I think a important thing to learn is that sometimes people do need a minute to digest things like and taking their first reaction and and you know being like you weren't receptive, you know, if they weren't receptive is like a bit short-sighted because some people need time to like process and explore those new feelings and be like, oh actually, you know, this is not not a scary thing.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's a good point too. Just to say, it. like, I'm learning that that is a that is, that works for all walks of like all all topics. facets of life and topics <laughs> in, in that come up in life. You know, like even even in 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 like a fight or an argument with a you know a significant other, the first reaction is not the thing. Finish the, yeah, is not the fin- yeah exactly. It's not the thing that you need to like jump on and base your next reaction off of uh <clears throat> learning that from you bridie so thank you for for oh, teaching me that one
2: good point i mean good point bridie <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point me <laughs> it is
1: a great point <clears throat> to drop to jump off of it um the first thing that i thought when i started having sex as a disabled person was like fuck this is gonna be so much harder
3: mm.
0: yeah well and how like, how much harder is it like what does sex look like for you now right now
1: I've had the best sex of my life as a disabled person okay oh, wow. well um, yeah sweet Um, basically that is the key the key is to get
0: a disability the key <laughs> yeah. is to
1: uh, get a really fucked up thing that nobody can diagnose <laughs> yes
0: yeah, yeah yeah have people yeah.
1: call you hysterical <laughs> buy yourself a vibrator <laughs> Literally, buy yourself a ma- magic wand, buy yourself a hitachi. It should come with the diagnosis. <laughs> <laughs> um, literally, when you get diagnosed with hysteria, they'll hand you a hitachi and they'll go take care of it. And you're like, yes, ma'am, <laughs> you take it home. But no, um, in all seriousness, sex, when I, sex now involves a lot more conversation. Mm. Sex now is not that it wasn't a conversation before, but like, like, Tips on somebody on how somebody can please you are sexy. And when you're disabled, you especially have to say those things. I don't have to tell my partner that I don't feel anything in my vagina. I don't have to tell him or her or them that. I don't. But what I can tell them is like, hey, go on my clit or do this or do that instead. It Mm. doesn't look much more different than able-bodied sex. But, like, I definitely have things where, like, I'm not going to be able to, like, at least right now, like, thrust for a half hour myself. Mm -hmm. Like, at least not if I have, like, a harness that, like, for me is going to be, like, the regular good old harness that goes on your pelvis. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But there are thigh harnesses. And those are a lot easier for people who have pelvic mobility issues. Thigh
0: harnesses. Thigh
1: harnesses are a thing.
0: Yo, this makes so much sense. Becca Becca had uh, uh, hung out with someone recently and... I, the next day I was like, so did you come? Cause she has a hard time coming on like First casual dates. D- yeah, yeah. dates and stuff. And she's like, I did. I came on her thigh mm-hmm. and I was like, came on her thigh. And she was like, yeah, like we were, we were making out. And while we were making out, I was, I was just like grinding her thigh mm-hmm. and I fucking came and I was like, that's super cool.
4: Mm-hmm. Now, mm-hmm.
0: if that thigh mm-hmm. had a, had a, mm-hmm. a dildo strapped mm-hmm. to it,
4: mm-hmm.
0: that's so, that's, I never thought about that. That's so cool.
1: Yeah. So, like, I wanna, I like, see what this looks like. Okay. So, like, what do, you,
0: what do you just thigh strap on? Like, is that what? you Yeah, thigh clothing?
1: strap on. There's some. At, if we can plug in, uh, good for her uh, on Harvard has some. Uh, I love them. The great mm-hmm. <laughs> Toronto needs. Where, where if is you this? Been there. Good where is for it? her is on Harvard, and they're a uh, Toronto sex store.
0: Okay, it's on Harvard.
1: Yeah. On Harvard Street.
0: Yeah. yeah okay. <clears throat> All right.
2: You're looking it up.
0: I'm looking it up right now. I'm looking up thigh strap on hmm In images. And, uh, oh, yeah, dude. Let's see. Look at that. Yeah, it makes yeah. sense yeah. to me. Yeah.
1: The one I have is even thicker. So it's a thicker uh, leather band as well. So it is, like, you put it on the, like, it just has two buckles on the back, too. So it's, like, a little bit more, like, accessible if you don't have, like, the greatest thing with, like, using, like, I don't know, sometimes, like, the pulley system, that like, you sometimes have to get oh, yeah, with, yeah, with yeah. like, a strap-on can be, like, super difficult, and it's, like, not super disability-friendly, but a lot of them, um, there's a lot more options now for people that have, like, less, less dexterity into too, and I think at one point, like, there's going to be, like, some Velcro shit. Okay, I'm that like.
2: makes sense.
0: So, what is it like if someone's fucking? If you're wearing a a thigh strap and someone's fucking you with it, like what does that look like? Are they, you know, is it is it something like you sit? <clears throat> I mean, you know, this is you the semantics of it. Who gives a fuck? Yeah, but I, you, can, I, stand I want, you I... can
1: stand up. Like somebody can grind on you. Somebody can get on your thigh. You can, if you can put it, like you can put it further up towards your, towards like your pelvis, if you want to do more grinding, or if you want to do a lot of thrusting, but you want to thrust with like your knee or something. You can do doggy style, but instead you're thrusting with your knee, so you can get a lot mm-hmm. more. If people have more mobility or more strength in there, in there. Sorry, one second.
0: No, oh, you should have done it right into the no, fucking mic. I have,
1: like one thing, I have awful acid reflux. Oh yeah, and, like, give her, right now, Just
0: give oh, her into the mic. That's my favorite oh, thing. No, it's, like, I love that.
1: Oh my god, I I got my nails done. I am a lady. Come <laughs>
0: on,
1: <laughs> with like my shorter boy haircut than you currently. <laughs> my, yeah, my
0: favorite. My favorite part of that is you're ex- 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 explaining how to use a eye strap on, and then let out this huge belt.
1: Was great. Yeah, it was like, excuse me, yeah. hold on. Yeah. Uh, no, but, yeah. Like, it depends it like it's nice because a thigh strap on can be better for those that have you can gauge it for your own mobility and somebody else's Right. So if somebody has, like, <coughs> more mobility than I do, which of my case right now, most of my sexual partners have had more ability than I do, which makes things a lot easier since I'm, on most of my days, I can, like, I'm, like, pretty much, like, self-sufficient. Like, I can dress mm-hmm. myself. I can do all of my things. But, like, I'm not dressing myself standing up. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I sit down to get dressed. Like, I have a lot of things that call that's called ataxia. So I have trouble grabbing things. So if I'm trying to grab something really quick, Like, I'm going to miss the mug, and I'm going to, like, splash it all across the table. Mm. Yeah, I have tremors. Like, I have, like, like, like I said, like, the memory problems. And, like, I just, like, also, like, I don't know. It's... Go with another question. Brain went gone. Yeah, that's again, a, a, that, the, and the y-
0: so and that was the the one the last thing that you left out is that your uh, brain just shuts off. <laughs> so it was yeah, perfect. You just, just you just shut us. Yeah,
2: it's okay. <coughs> I, I'm really curious from like a neuroscience perspective. So I'm I'm assuming your interest in that subject is still quite strong. Yep. Um, <laughs> real strong. Here. I wonder, like when you were just talking about all that physical stuff. Sometimes when I picture the brain, I picture like a lightning storm, like just like. Things you know, zooming around, connections being made, and like zigzagging through the through the through the inside of your skull, and and you know, like it it almost is like a physical embodiment. What you're talking about is like quick, sharp movements, like with maybe not a specific direction and not with a, 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 a clear, defined, refined intention, um, and so. Yeah, I just—I'm so curious. Is that accurate? Like, is that what's—is that why physically it's happening? Because it's ha- it's it's happening up there.
1: I I don't know. The thing that we're getting. Um, so you guys are seeing me do a thing right now. So I also have a touch of epilepsy. Okay. <laughs> so I have these uh, things that are called myoclonic jerks. So they're basically jerks that are happening around my diaphragm. I'm basically talking about it because they can see it. You guys Ooh. can't. Uh, sorry, guys. <laughs> I'm basically so. I just kind thought of you were like dancing. Jer- <laughs> yeah, just, dancing. Yeah, I just yeah I'm I'm interpreting a belly dancer. No. Um, <laughs> Um, I um just have like these jerks that um that do happen and it happens like with fatigue okay like, mm. I just got in I was good for like the first little bit that we're talking like we're grooving like at a half hour like you'll start seeing my body get a bit tired well and it's also like my medicine like I just smoked cannabis and I used cannabis medicinally, so yeah. I call it definitely call it medicine. Yeah. It literally got me out of a wheelchair. I'll call it medicine mm-hmm. if I yeah. wanted to. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> well, it's such a fucking shitty catch twenty two that like you, you get chronic fatigue, but also you can't stop your body from moving. So yeah. it's like obviously you're exhausted. Mm-hmm. Oh no, I do this when I'm sleeping. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like it is so weird.
1: It is so weird to like because it what'll happen it's especially weird because I, um, from a neuroscience perspective, and I've done a lot of yoga, mm-hmm. and so I have a very one. I have very good awareness of my body, and it's yeah. very strange. It happens when my diaphragm completely relaxes. When you completely take your breath out, it happens. My diaphragm almost clicks up for a second, and I have a sharp out breath. Okay, and so it's a diaphragm click almost. But a lot of the things is that like I'm getting. Um, a um an EEG, so an electroencephalogram, which is basically looking at um the electrical activity in my brain and checking for these jerks to yeah. see if these are if this is epilepsy, basically. And I'll basically mm. know that in like two weeks. Oh, so you guys wow. are coming along this this you guys have as many questions as I do, yeah. which is right going on like the point off of like because I like don't know a lot of what's going on has been like my honestly like my biggest um um, thing that had like set me back from actually applying to sick boy was because like i don't know a lot you of the things enough. that's going yeah. on with me mm-hmm. so yeah fuck yeah i want to talk about <laughs> it but like a lot of the things is i don't know but there's a huge journey that goes on with people who mm-hmm. don't know the is yeah. happening yeah, to them absolutely. and so like i'm just kind of like taking it one bit at a time and when i feel like good enough right at this moment like um i'm currently like recording clips for like my own podcast mm-hmm. and like slowly but surely we'll be really we'll be trying to make something over like the next six months but mm-hmm. it'll take a bit because like when you're sick it takes a while that's right yeah, <laughs> yeah. and so like um on a neuroscientist standpoint though like it, the things that have happened to me have really like stretched my understanding of science and like like really put me at the point to where like I n- know more of the things that we don't know about now mm. because I am uh, I yeah. literally am one of those now that mm-hmm. like I wanted to go and like be like the house doctor that studied like the undiagnosed case mm-hmm. I was literally about to like finish my master's degree uh, in neuroscience and then go to med school mm-hmm. uh, before getting sick so like I became the test case that I definitely wanted to look at, but it has given me the, like the eye that no other doctor could have. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. No other doctor will ever see what I see of the day because they see a snippet every, like, few months versus I see what it looks like at night. I see what it looks like during the day. And I was a, I was a master's degree student. I take such good notes, guys. Mm-hmm. I have Google calendars, and I get, I get to give my doctors checklists of things that happen, and it is weird and fun, and hopefully one day I'll get to, like, share that more with people. Mm-hmm. But, like... For now, like, I'm just getting to enjoy, like, this, like, gorgeous little sex life yeah. that, like, I'm getting to make as I, like, I'm mostly sleeping with um, with women now. um And, like, that was a really big change from where I was mostly... I was exclusively sleeping with men before. Mm-hmm. Um, and the person that I was dating um when I first got sick was a man. And so when things... When I really realized that I really wanted to change, like, who I was dating and really wanted to explore the side of myself that really did enjoy being around women and get to, like, kind of, like, express the different sides of yourself when you do, like, look at an aspect of your sexuality that you've never looked at before. You're like, mm-hmm. holy crap, I want to, like, look at all of these things and I want to, like, mm. try all of these things. I think
0: the biggest take, like, the, you know, the a big takeaway f- from this conversation that I think is really important to, to address is that Um, when it comes to your health and, and, and becoming sick, um, or, or your health changes in some way, I think there's a lot of people who, one of the first things that come up in their, in their, in their head is these thoughts of like, ah, fuck, I'm, I'm not going to be able to like enjoy sex anymore. Like, this is going to have such an effect on my sex life. I remember when I, when I, there was word that I might end up with an ostomy.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: And there, was, there was the first thing that came to my mind. I was like, oh my god.
1: Is that going to slap around is, when I'm doing things? Yeah. Like, like this is going do it... I have to tape that thing down? Yeah, they, exactly. There are actually belly bands for that. Mm-hmm. For those of you with an ostomy, there are actually be- sexy belly bands that you can get that are lace mm-hmm. for the mm-hmm. ladies mm-hmm. or like different yeah. things. Like, you could get some leather thing. Yeah, you know, absolutely. You can oh, make yeah. that a leather yeah. thing, guys. Turn it's into
0: a d- leather daddy. and Turn. You, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Put was, it
1: on leather, people. Yeah. Like, and, and that is my point. Out.
0: That is my point. Is like you, just because you, you get sick or just because your, your health starts to, starts to shift and change from what you, what you thought was normal or your, your normal doesn't mean that you can't still have great sex. Like you, that, that was one of the first things that you said in this entire recording, which, which was I'm, I'm having the best sex of my life. Yeah. Yet you're going through absolute hell with everything else with your body. And and like it doesn't seem like those two things would make sense, but it it, it does. It does. Or it can.
1: It can. It also is <clears throat> one of the things about sex that's really, really lovely is that you can use sex as a therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And because I have such cramps and I literally have Charlie horses, like, all over my pelvic floor, like, my taint right now isn't a fucking Charlie horse. Yeah,
0: right. You know how much that yeah. fucking hurts? Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
1: I literally went to a pelvic floor physiotherapist yesterday that went... Through my butthole and massaged my tailbone like this. I'm doing my fingers in like a three-prong approach. And she went through my butthole like this for 45 minutes while I took deep breaths. Massaging
2: your tailbone. Massaging my
1: tailbone. From inside From inside of me because that part is literally, there is no change in the texture from my bone to my muscle because it is such a bad cramp. It does not move. Did it help? Yeah, I could walk without the cane after that. Wow. Literally, like beforehand, I'm like struggling to walk. I'm struggling to balance because of my legs. I might, there's the nerve connection between here is like so not connected and it's not talking to each other. And afterwards, I'm just like, oh, right, like relax. The nerves can actually talk to each other. Like, great. I'm just going to like walk along here. Mm. Wonderful. And Mm -hmm. it's also because it's spasticity and it's spasms that are coming back because it's something about the nerve connection is not working well then um it just comes back so it's like so over the next week like that's going to build back up but i have exercises to do at home to mitigate it mm-hmm. So, where it comes back to sex is those exercises can be sex-related. Sex was one of the best exercises for me when I first started needed to start getting moving and starting to move out of using my wheelchair a lot Mm. of the times was because I was using and exercising a lot of my pelvic floor muscles (laughs) while having, like, nine-hour sex sessions.
4: Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: so basically the reason I started having really good sex is because I took my time with somebody, and I took my time with multiple people that just, like, really the point was to enjoy each other and it didn't have to be what i thought sex had to be it didn't have to be penetrative mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i could have 2 hour sex where nothing was penetrative yeah. but yet there was squirt everywhere
3: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: yeah which is like a great thing that you can have when two women are having sex so mm-hmm. like it can look very different than i thought but it was equally essential it was equally as completely inducing in that person and for me as somebody that has chronic nerve pain and for people that do have chronic pain sex can be an escape because endorphins actually do interact with your brain and help you kind of like your brain doesn't actually recognize as much of your pain. So mm. basically, you can use all of those endorphins to kind of, like, escape from your pain for a while. Yeah. So, like, I at one point had was seeing this person, and her and I had had sex for, like, 10 hours, and she came 30 times. Holy shit. Jesus. She couldn't walk b- pretty much from my place. <laughs> she had to take an Uber, and I was really proud of myself. <laughs> and I decided that I was better at sex than anybody I had ever had sex with. <laughs> and I decided that, like... It's fine. It's totally, totally fine. Mm. If like right now you have to use a power wheelchair, if you have to use your walker, if you have to use your cane, like it is totally fucking fine because you rock at this. Yeah. Like you're hot shit.
4: Yeah.
0: I honestly, I think that is a that is a uh, a really really great and like positive and empowering piece. And <clears throat> I think that if anyone's going to take anything from from this conversation, it's it will undoubtedly be that um thank you so much for for coming in and thank sharing you. this with us this really means a lot
1: yeah thanks so much guys um thank you so much for letting me come on and just letting me talk a little bit about this with y'all they yeah.
2: people want it like we get we've got we've got a handful of emails being like how come you guys haven't talked about sex and disability yet yeah. like there's lots mm-hmm. of people out there and it's like oh absolutely so mm-hmm. i was thrilled when you reached out amazing yeah
0: thank you again and thank you all so much for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed it. Uh, we'll be back next week, as we always are, with more fascinating and interesting and sexy content. But in the meantime, go over to Apple Podcasts, leave a rating and a review, hit the subscribe button so that uh, we can just stay up on the podcast. Yeah, we're charts. talking to you. You know yeah. who you are. Yeah, you know, yeah, we're talking to you because you haven't done it yet. So go do <laughs> it. Um, and if you want to support us, you can go over to patreon.com
2: slash, slash turn, turn me turn on. Me on. And uh, if you want to reach out to us to be a guest on the show or if you have any uh, brain boners you want to throw our way, you can reach out by email, turnmeonpodcast at gmail.com or through our website, turnmeonpodcast.com.
0: That is it for this week.
2: It sure is. Until next week.
0: Go fuck yourself.